Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of On Air with the Chair. Today is June 21st, 2022, and I'm Captain uh, Nicholas James, your MEC chairman. Today's podcast, we're going to be focusing exclusively on the recent announcement at the American Airlines uh, wholly owned subsidiaries, Piedmont, PSA, and Envoy, and how their contract changes is going to affect Endeavor. And most importantly, can we leverage through pattern bargaining an agreement of our own to keep pace? And what is that agreement going to look like? Fortunately, we're also next week on June 27th going to be recording an episode with our CEO, Jim Graham. And I'm sure that's going to probably be a very, very well subscribed to podcast, especially in this environment. Uh, We'll be asking Jim some uh, very poignant questions about uh, the summertime operation, the summertime challenges that we've already faced, the outlook of the CRJ 200, our domicile structure, and of course, our ability to compete for pilots given this sea change at, again, Piedmont, PSA, and Envoy. But let's just take a pause with that and let's just jump into this American Airlines deal. So I'm sure for the pilots out there on the line at Endeavor, you guys have all heard about what has happened at the three American wholly owned carriers. Uh, They have all announced in different timeframes, but very, very similar, if not the exact same agreements to raise their base pay rates to that to a level that is higher than Endeavor. And then on top of that level, add in a 50 percent pay premium, which essentially surmounts to paying a regional pilot at or above mainline rates for the size aircraft that they are flying. And in a lot of cases, especially if you're talking about the 50-seaters, if they're still operating, well above anything that you would see at a mainline rate. Um, Along with that, they have 3% escalators uh, year over year. This program is going to be in effect for a minimum of two years, and it will allow some other changes inside their collective bargaining agreements as well. For instance, uh, their version of FTIs, and they, they call them different things at, at Piedmont, PSA, and Envoy, um, and I don't remember what their exact designators are for each of the individual properties, but in general, they will be paying them anywhere between 130 and 145 hours of guarantee per month, depending upon your classification. As far as LCPs are concerned, they are giving you a 100% premium override Uh, as an LCP when you are performing LCP duties. So if you are a top-of-the-scale captain um, making $213 an hour, you're going to double that um, when you are performing LCP. Now, again, this is going to be in effect for a minimum of two years as the agreement states that this will be in place until at least August 31st, 2024. Now, this change at American Airlines was not all that unexpected. Certainly, the Endeavor MEC didn't know that American Airlines was going to make this choice to essentially pay these types of outsized rates, but we did anticipate that some other change was going to come down in the fee-for-departure network because we've witnessed since 2014 each carrier having to get more and more competitive inside this pilot labor market. So this next opportunity that we have is kind of a unique opportunity for the Endeavor MEC because typically we have been the ones leading the way in terms of contractual benefits. We have been offering the best pay, the best work rules, the best retirement. We've done that since the inception of the original retention program 
um, back in late 2014, which started off as a two-year $30,000 program here at Endeavor and quickly morphed into a four-year $80,000 program with some more improvements uh, during LOA 91, I believe, or excuse me, LOA 71. And then obviously we codified the temporary program into a permanent rate in LOA 91. Um, during all of those negotiations, the Endeavor MEC has really been at the top of the industry. So now we have an opportunity to try to pattern bargain ourselves um, when we are not at the top. And I think that we are all excited about that opportunity. Do we know when that opportunity is going to arise? No, not at this point in time, but it's going to be certainly a topic of discussion with uh, Jim Graham, our CEO, come next, uh, next week. Now, something that I think I need to focus the pilots on before we go any further with respect to these American Airlines deals is what did the pilot groups at Piedmont PSA and Envoy, what did they give up to get these two-year temporary rates? And that is something that is, is not really being talked about in the Facebook group or in any of the, the web boards or anything like that. And it's something that our pilots really need to be aware of and really need to focus on. You know, first and foremost, all of the wholly owned American carriers have extended their contracts through 2029 to be in a line with Endeavor. Um, contract extensions in and of themselves doesn't necessarily mean the end of bargaining as, as we've clearly witnessed here at Endeavor. We've done a few contract extensions and we continue to produce LOAs that are valuable for uh, the pilot groups. So I don't think that a contract extension in and of itself means that there will be limited bargaining opportunities. However, there is some clauses in the agreement that the pilots here need to be very, very aware of. After August 31st, uh, 2024, okay, the premium that is being offered on these rates turns into the sole discretion of the company. So the company has unilateral control whether to continue to offer 50%, less than 50%, no premium at all, or a premium rate greater than 50%. They can also discriminate that premium rate between line pilots, LCPs, FTIs, and all of their different designations. And that is something that is extremely important for our pilots to understand. I have spoken numerous times that when you take a look at a deal, you can't just take a look at what you're getting. You have to take a look at what you keep the other side from achieving and how you set yourself up for future bargaining opportunities. What I see in, a, in an agreement like that is essentially the company can flex rates up and down as necessary based upon market demand and market forces to stay competitive. There really isn't a need to come back to the individual MECs and bargain when they simply can just raise that, that premium override as they see fit. The only thing that they need to do to, to raise or lower it is provide uh, the MEC 10 days of notification. So you could start off a year at a particular premium rate. It could go down. It could go back up. It could go down. It could stay down. It could never come, come back up. Or it could you know continue to go in the stratosphere. All of that is really going to be dependent upon uh, market forces. So that's something that we should be aware of, because obviously that's not something that we would look to have in, in our agreement. Our retention agreement is a little bit different than the American Airlines agreement as well, because in the American Airlines agreement, they also had full unilateral control over the extension of the retention program. The company asked us about that, and we said, no, I mean, if we're going to have good bargaining relationships, good bargaining relationships start with communication and ability to solve problems. And our, we've shown that we can do that extremely well. We're going to continue to do that, but we can only do that if we get to the bargaining table. 
So we would not look to have, you know, obviously these types of provisions in there, but it is something that is important for you guys to understand is present in the American Airlines deal. I also just kind of wonder um, with each carrier being able to operate kind of independently from each other, does that allow American Airlines to pick winners and losers? You know, for instance, if they want to, you know, produce the kind of capacity purchase rates that would be necessary to pay this premium at two of the carriers, but not all three, does that really disadvantage the other carrier and does it force into consolidation? And it does, does it create kind of some sort of organic whipsaw? I mean, these are all things that you got to look at um, in this kind of deal. And you've got to look beyond just what you're seeing on, on the paper as the pay rate to really see the value in the agreement. Now, where does this leave Endeavor and the Endeavor MEC? Well, first and foremost, you know, when I said my chairman's letter was 100% correct, time is on our side. Right now, the pressure is not on us. And I know that pilots are clamoring to understand what is the company's response going to be. And again, it's fortuitous that we're going to have Jim Graham um, on the show next week. So we'll be able to hear directly from the head of the company as far as what he believes is going to be a necessary or correct solution, timelines, maybe some of the internal discussions that they've already had. These are all questions that will come up uh, next week. But for, from our perspective, we're not really feeling any pressure at all. The pressure is not on us. The pressure is not on the pilots. The attrition numbers, the, the hiring numbers, they will speak more loudly than any of us can. And I think that's really going to drive the conversation. I do think something just to kind of keep in the back of everyone's minds to be aware of is just what is happening with the macro economy right now. I mean, obviously, there's been a pullback in the stock market. Um, we're kind of officially in a bear market right now. There's a lot of concern about maybe going into a recessionary environment, which recessions are just part of the business cycle. I mean, it's not really the end of times, but does that taper off some of this uh, you know, consumer-driven demand that is producing you know, 94, 95 plus percent load factors? And does it allow the, the company time to catch up? Um, and if, if it does, maybe they don't have to put a solution in here. Maybe the solution is the macro economy will produce the solution for them. You know, that uh, time will tell. Um, we'll see if Delta tries to execute on something like that. The danger in doing so is if the market doesn't open the window for you um, in the right time frame and for a long enough time frame, and you still have a short-term need, you're going to get yourself farther behind the power curve, and then the solution that is necessary is all that much more lucrative for the Endeavor pilots. One thing to think about, too, is the American Airlines properties did not get here overnight. They have over 100 of their regional jets parked. And when you take a look at the network on the RJ side for Delta, United, and American, American is the most dependent on their regional feed, where Delta is the least dependent upon their regional feed. And the American pilots at the subsidiary carriers have had to go through a tremendous amount of pain to get here, to get to this type of solution. No different than we went through a tremendous amount of pain with the bankruptcy of 2012. We announced it April 1st of, of 12. We signed the agreement January 15, 2013. And it really wasn't towards the end of 2014 before we started getting meaningful solutions that really turned this ship around. And we could have to go through some near-term pain to get to that you know, better long-term solution. But that's okay, because the longer that uh, the company waits to act on this and be competitive in the market, I think the better the benefit for the Endeavor pilots that it's going to take to really fix that, that problem and drive the right solution. 
I also said in the chairman's letter as well that our ability to win for Delta, and I know Peter Ruhlman, who actually is just sitting right across from me, um, uh, stated this to me when I released the com. He said, I love the fact that you use the word win in there because that is what Delta likes to do. They don't like to just compete. They like to win. We all like to win. I mean, I think we are all competitors. But our ability to compete and win for Delta, for its brand, for its customer at the fee-for-departure level has been directly correlated to our ability to win the pilot battle as far as benefits. And we have been firmly supplanted uh, by three carriers. We are firmly in fourth place. We don't offer anything that is different from any other carrier or better than any other carrier. You know, we do offer guaranteed career progression to Delta. But there are other guaranteed progression models in the industry in which you can make more money as you wait. And that is going to be a deciding factor as people choose their carriers of choice. Another area where we are being hamstrung a little bit is how quickly we can progress to the Delta model. While it's great to have a guaranteed and contractual career progression model to Delta, to one of the premier airlines uh, in the world, you also have to get there in a reasonable time frame given all of the other market forces. And if we can't create the most expeditious path, because, I mean, from a business perspective, there is still a need to be able to operate your regional feed, maybe we can make it the most lucrative path. And that is where you start to come into solutions. And obviously, the, the primary solution that we are championing is the same solution that we championed instead of a monetary retention program to the company, and that is a seniority and longevity-based accrual system here at Endeavor. I want to take just a second to, to talk a little bit about what the vision for that looks like. Um, first and foremost, if we were to get to some type of seniority-based system, and I'll just use the word seniority, but when I say seniority, I am talking about seniority and longevity. I'm not talking about bifurcating them, even though we could. But when we talk about a seniority-based system, there's a lot of different models that could, could be put in place. You know, For instance, we could simply take every Endeavor pilot and put them on the Delta list, and when you are a new hire, you automatically get added into the list. Um, Delta obviously is going to have some concerns over that just because it's attaching a lot of pilots in a very short amount of time to, to the Delta list. And does that make them less competitive with off the street hires? There's also the solution of just assigning it to captains and assigning um, newly minted captains when they upgrade a Delta seniority number. That seems to be the solution that Delta likes the most and, and is probably uh, the most achievable and the most effective, but that also comes with some complications as well. We completely understand that the CRJ 200 drivers are not getting the block hours that the seven or 900 drivers are getting. And so we could set ourselves up if we were to agree to a, a formulation like that, where you could have somebody hired months, if not maybe a year after a CRJ 200 driver and still get their seniority number faster simply because of the right position or the right hours or the right time. So then do we just take a look at a total active months of service? You know, let's say 24 months just to use an arbitrary number. And there's there's no validity behind that number. I'm literally just throwing something out. Uh, but 24 months of active service and then you get assigned a seniority number that could obviously take care of, of that concern. In all of that, we have to look at the Envoy Piedmont and PSA deals as well. And we have to say, but they're starting their captain pay at 750 hours. So if we are doing a seniority longevity based system, maybe what we should say is how long does the average pilot or should the average pilot take to accumulate 750 hours? And maybe that's the average months of service that we use to attach to a seniority or longevity based system. That, that is one way to solve that. Another way to solve that is an idea that we had, um, again, 
when we were talking about the retention package uh, last uh, September, and we said, what about a 2040 idea? You know, we assign, we flow 20 pilots a month, but we assign 40 seniority numbers. Now, I think the 2040 concept was good at that point in time, but I personally think that we would have to go far beyond 40 pilots being assigned a seniority number a month. Um, I just don't think you can build up that pool fast enough. Maybe something like we flow 20, but we assign 100 seniority numbers so that within you know 20 months, you're going to get through, well, actually less than 20 months because we've already had some pilots bypass. So maybe within 18 months or less, you've actually attached the entire list. Those are all different solutions that we could uh, derive. Now, those solutions do take the concurrence of the Delta MEC. And the Delta MEC is on board and is favorable for a longevity seniority-based system here at Endeavor because they are going to then be able to monetize that inside their own contract. And they'd, they'd rather keep the dollars inside the PWA. And that is fair because remember, seniority and longevity is theirs to control. So if it is the right solution for our pilots and it addresses our needs on attrition um, and retention, and the Delta MEC can extract some benefits out of that, whether it's closing section six faster or finding some sort of side agreement. That is a win-win, win-win situation for both Endeavor Delta Management and the respective MECs. So we are, we are trying to make something like that happen. And both MECs are encouraging with their respective management teams to go down that pathway uh, rather than a monetary system. That said, we wouldn't turn down another monetary influx we would still give them the same message that we gave them last time that money is likely not to solve your problem long term and you're going to risk paying twice or if we do another monetary system maybe thrice so you got to you got to take that into consideration and and hopefully we weren't maybe heard as loudly as we should have been last time hopefully now this result will change change some perspectives on that now the other question that i get and we'll wrap the podcast up after that after this is well what about the protected rights pilots or the senior pilots or the pilots that will be remaining back here at Endeavor. If we do a longevity-based or seniority longevity-based system, what do I see out of that agreement? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to remember what is driving this bargaining opportunity. And what is driving this bargaining opportunity is the need to retain pilots. And the reason the pilots are leaving is because they are chasing seniority and longevity at other carriers. So if Delta were to come in and ask us for nothing in return and just offer us a seniority-based system here at Endeavor, that is not something that we would be able to turn down simply because we would have some pilots here under protected right status. Now, the, the calculation can change, however, if Endeavor comes to us or Delta comes to us and wants contractual offsets or they want some sort of quid then that becomes a little bit of a different conversation where we have to say, okay, we can entertain some quids, but we also have to recognize that people will be living under this contract and we have to make sure that they're recognized because quite frankly, the pendulum is in our court. And so whatever net sum of changes that we do has got to be favorable and extremely positive to you know, the Endeavor MEC and to the Endeavor pilots. The other thing, the factor that could change here is because the base rates at Piedmont PSA and Envoy have changed, and their contract is now higher than ours, maybe there's an opportunity to have that conversation in addition to a seniority longevity-based system. And I'm not saying that we're going to get seniority and the American Airlines pay rates with a premium. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is without the premium, we need to take a look at what their base rates are, and we need to be competitive on that level alone. 
And so there, there very well could be some benefits here for the pilots that are going to remain behind. But the focus is certainly going to be retention. And with respect to the pilots that have chosen to stay here, the, the company has already retained you not just once, but twice. The first time when you bypassed the flow to Delta and the second time when you opted into the retention program. So again, if there's contractual changes that are in play, that is something that we'll have to take a look at. We'll just have to take a look at how competitive the contract is overall in the marketplace. And there may be some room to, to have some changes here. Um, but the focus right now is going to be on a seniority and longevity based system. So as we finish this podcast, I just want to impress upon you, for our part, the MEC has communicated with the Endeavor management team. We've told them about the American Airlines agreements. We've shared our perspectives and thoughts on it. We've told them what we believe the right solutions are. We've explained to them that we are ready to engage in collective bargaining to find this solution that will allow us to not just compete, but continue to win and, and deliver that industry-leading performance. The door is open but it's going to be up to our management team to engage us. You know, we can't force them into a deal. We can't force them to a table. However, we do believe the industry can, and it seems to be trending in that way. I'm sure all of you are interested to know what the company is thinking. And again, next week when we have Jim Graham on, uh, on the show, we're going to be able to find out more information from him. We're definitely looking forward to that. For now, uh, I would just say keep submitting your darts, engage with your LEC representatives, and let me know if there's something specific that you would like me to ask uh, Jim on the show next week. I'd like to say thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you uh, fly safe and be safe out there, and we'll see you out on the line. Take care. Send everything to 531, runway 28, quit land.